Well, uh, let me just share a few things with you from the, uh, the scriptures, the word of God. We're in Romans chapter 12, and I trust that you have been appreciating Romans. It's been an amazing study, I believe, and I find it very interesting the way the Lord himself has has sort of orchestrated things and um, that all of these things are happening in concert and we are now embroiled in a war in the Middle East and um, Israel is just in turmoil and so is the whole region. And uh, so I want to just, just say I believe that the Lord wants us to understand something from the book of Romans chapter 12. We've, we've talked a, a, quite a bit about uh, chapter 12 in that uh, the Lord wants us to present to him once and for all our, our bodies, uh, our bodies. When I was a boy, I think I may have told you there was a song that, the, that uh, we used to sing, at least they sang, I couldn't sing well. It says, my body belongs to God. And sometimes it's, one, it's wonderful, it's good for us to remind ourselves in song uh, who we are and what we are, are committed to. It says, my body belongs to, 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 uh, to God, my soul and body belong to God. And so all of your, the faculties of your soul uh, belong to God also, belong to God. And so we want to take a good look at this. Uh, we we uh, shared a bit uh, about that. Uh, the first two verses, actually, I shared two verses and many other supporting scriptures. But on, in verse 3, Paul goes on to say to the church, and I would like for all of us to recognize the time in which we're living and not be like the Bible says, uh, as, it, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, uh, that they were doing normal things. And they had no idea until uh, Noah entered the ark and the rain started to fall, and then they, they, they got a, a vision. And so we're not to be like that. Paul tells us that this is for the world, but it's not for us because we are children of the day. What he's saying is these things come upon people at night, as it were, or, in, or who are in darkness, but we are uh, children of the day. We are children of the light. So that means that God's light, God's righteousness, uh, God, the understanding of God are all shining upon us, giving us illumination so that these things will not catch us by surprise as it, they will others. Verse 3 says, for I say through the grace given to me, and this, this is very important as Paul talks, he's speaking according to the grace that was given to him. So the grace that was given to him, this is how he then ministers. Each of, each of us must take a look at that, the grace that God has given to us, then we can minister through that. So he says, I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So what Paul is saying to the church, be sober, don't be haughty, don't be high-minded, don't have a high evaluation of yourself, you know, overvaluing yourself, because this is a detriment to spiritual growth. If you evaluate yourself too highly, it is a, it is a detriment 
to spiritual growth. You cannot grow over evaluating yourself. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than uh, you ought to think, but to think soberly. And what he is saying is think according to what the Holy Spirit has given you to think. I find it interesting that so many of us have uh, the idea if somebody is humble, if somebody uh, does not think uh, over-evaluate themselves, <clears throat> but thinks soberly, we think they need prayer. I've seen that so often. People go, oh, you need self-confidence. No, you need confidence, but you don't want it to come from self. <clears throat> Paul says here that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So all of us have faith. Now, now notice that. See, we may say, well, I don't have faith, but all of us have faith. Look at verse 4. For uh, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So Paul is, is uh, giving you the idea or the illusion um, the illustration, rather, of a, of a physical body. So when you look at our physical bodies, then we have arms, legs, hands, fingers, you know, um, ears, a mouth. We have all these, you know, knees, whatever. And they're all important to the body, Paul is saying. And he saw, so when he looks at, we look at each other, he says, you're, gonna, you're the same. So we are the body of Christ, and we are members one of the, uh, uh, to the other, one of the other. And so what Paul wants us to understand here is that just like your natural body, your personal body, has many members, then the body of Christ does too. Now, let's read this. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Now, look at that. It's very, very important because we tend to overvalue people who have certain ministry gifts. You know, if they can speak very well, we go, wow. And we, and we forget about the people who are doing the, the tasks of serving, of cleaning, or, or giving. We forget them. We get so excited about certain ministry gifts. And then if somebody can, uh, have, has the gift of, say, words of knowledge or words of wisdom, we get really, tell me something about my tomorrow. We get really excited about that. But we forget about the people who are keeping things together. Those who are, as it were, God uses them as the glue that keep uh, things together. So he says, but all the members do not have the same function, but they're all important. How many of you would just could, would say uh, to yourself, you know what, uh, my left foot, ah, every time I get ready to kick the football or, <clears throat> or the soccer ball, I use my right. I'm just going to chop my left foot off. <clears throat> it, it's of no value. Then you have no place on which to stand to kick the ball. So a lot of times we... We evaluate, over-evaluate uh, those, those ministry gifts that are prominent and fail to recognize those that help those other ministry gifts to shine and to be where they are. So Paul is, is instructing us. I think it's beautiful. He says, so we being many are one body in Christ. And the... the, um, the um, 
insinuation here is that everybody's important. And he says, and individually members of one another. We're members of one another. This is something the Lord has been dealing with me about all year, is that we are members of one another. I'm sure maybe you've never had anybody in the body of Christ, never had a Christian to mistreat you. Is there anybody who's never had any Christian to mistreat you? Would you raise your hand? Oh, okay. So, but, so sometimes we are so offended with the person who has mistreated us, we really want to pay them back. You, you know that. Now, maybe that was never you. You may say, I've never wanted to pay anybody back for hurting me. You should stand and come preach here, and I'll sit down and listen. But sometimes what we forget is, even though they've hurt us, they're still a part of the body. Although they have hurt us, they're still a part of the body. You know, my shoulder hurt me yesterday, my left shoulder. I did not think about, I didn't think one moment about amputation. Uh, I did think about ibuprofen. <laughs> but I never thought about amputation. Why? Because it's a part of my body. I need it. Even when it's not functioning as well, I need it. But sometimes we've forgotten that. We need each other. We need each other. Because we're individually, we are members of one another. I, I can I hardly remember the song. There was a song we used to sing about how the body was connected to something connected to the this and connected to the that. You ever remember that old, old song? What is it? The knee bone connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bone. Yeah. So we are, we are members of one, of one another. So Paul says, verse six, he's instructing the church because we don't want we don't want to have the attitude that, that we are indispensable, but others are dispensable. We don't want that. Verse 6 says, having then gifts, having then gifts. So all the body of Christ, every one of us has a gift or gifts. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So what Paul says is that the gifts that you have came from the grace of God. So we have gifts that are differing according, that is kata coming down from, the grace that is given to us. He says, let us use them. Let us use the gifts we have. Wow, let us use the gifts we have. Sometimes we think that since our gift is not so prominent, it's not important. Oh, I promise you, it's very important. It's very important. You don't see, you've, you, most of you, maybe none of you, except maybe a few of you, have seen my feet out of my shoes. You've seen my feet, right? You've seen, a few of you have seen my feet. They're important to me. Though you don't see them, they're very important to me. And, and, then, and then also, what we, those things that, that aren't, aren't so comely, don't look so good, we, I sure cover them. I cover them because I don't want you to see. I cover They're still important. 
they're still important. There are brothers and sisters that are covered by the grace of God that we don't see a lot, but they are very important. They're very important. Paul says, let us use them. So whatever gift God has given you, use it. Use those gifts. Use those gifts in the body of Christ. And so we're going to find out what he is saying about this in just a, a, a short while. And this chapter comes at the, at the conclusion of chapters 9, 10, and 11. Let, let's look at it, what he says. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. This is so interesting. I've been asking the Lord, Lord, give me more faith. I want greater faith. I want strong faith. I want powerful faith. And I, I, as I said to you, I think it was just a few days ago, I was thinking that the Lord, because I've been told that when you ask for faith, you ask for trouble. You ask for patience, you ask for trouble. And so don't ask. You know, but that's not accurate at all. You must ask. You, you, want, you want to walk in what God has for you. But what I found out recently is that the Lord did not, in a, in a, in a sense, send me trouble. What he did was he showed me how close he is to me every day. That's what he did. Wow. He shows you his proximity to you every day. And I have been just it, amazed. I've been um, overwhelmed to know that he is that close to me, and he talks to me. He talks to you, too. But maybe you have not tuned your ears to hear, or the ears of your heart to hear. But I promise he talks to every one of us, and he does things in our lives that are stupendous, that are amazing, that are beyond description. He does them. We're just not aware of them yet. Yeah. Wow. So he tells us that you prophesy in proportion to your faith. So if somebody prophesies something or speaks a word of, of knowledge and it's like something like blow you away, like young man or young woman, the Holy Spirit is saying to me that uh, tomorrow at six o'clock in the evening, you're going to be a multi-billionaire, you know. I mean, I couldn't tell anybody that, <laughs> you know. I mean, I just couldn't say that because I don't have faith to say that. But I might have faith to say, you know, tomorrow God's going to bless you. You're going to wake up and it's going to be a new day for you. He's going to do things for you and make things clear. I mean, I have faith for that. So I don't have to go into the billion-dollar thing. I just need to speak what I have faith to speak. And this is what God wants us to do. So there are people who believe that all the gifts of, of the Holy Spirit died out with the apostles. Now, there, there is a, a, a gift called knowledge, the, a word of knowledge. So then if, they, if all the other gifts died out, I guess knowledge also did. Huh? No, it didn't. So they have not died out. And it makes no sense that at a time when we need the moving of the Holy Spirit, that, the whole, that God would say, I'm not going to let you have the Holy Spirit anymore. I'm not going to let, let him guide you anymore. I'm not going to let him reveal anything to you anymore. That makes absolutely no sense. And so, no, we, we just have to walk in the faith that we have, and we need to not just pray for faith. We need to read the Bible and just believe what God says. Believe what God says. 
Amen. So he says, our, our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. So if, if God has given me this gift that I know how to minister needs uh, to people's needs, he says, you need to use it. You need to use what God has given you. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. So then if you're a teacher, be a teacher. Somebody said to me once, do you, what do you think about so-and-so? Uh, and this person felt comfortable, and that's why I, I'm saying so-and-so, but it wasn't the name, right? They said, so-and-so is always teaching. Didn't it bug you? I said, oh, no, not at all. That's that person's gift. And so whenever I encounter them, I expect to be taught something. Yeah, they're always teaching. They're telling you what God has just revealed to, you, to them, and they're, they're always teaching. And so if you're a teacher, then teach. Use it. And, and here again, he says, uh, he who exhorts or encourages in exhortation. So if you, are an, if you have uh, the gift of exhorting or encouraging, use it. Don't hide it in the bushel. Use it. Encourage people. Oh, man, I, I've, I've known people who are just great encouragers. And I've called some of you Barnabas. Son of encouragement, you're always encouraging, always encouraging. You'll come up to me and, say, and tell me something encouraging. I say, wow, thank you. You never know how deep somebody has, has sort of fallen or sunk. And you come and say, you know what? I'm encouraged when I see you. Every time I see you, I feel like I can do it too. They go, you, need, you didn't know they were low. So if that's your gift, use it. Paul is saying. So give exhortations. Give exhortations. Um, I, um, you mind if I just use one person as an example? I can use many of you as examples. But um, I was um, watching uh, our, our dear sister Martha. Um, I, I've, I've seen her go, going around just giving and encouraging. Hello, hello, man of God. You know, my, my youngest grandson had a dream when he was about four years old, I think. He was about four years old, and he woke up. He could barely talk to his dad. He said, Dad, I had a dream that this angel called me M-O-G, M-O-G. And so his dad said, what, man of God? And so we started calling him M-O-G, man of God. So, so if, but I'm often told, hello, man of God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man of God, man of God, man of God. Those, those things are not to be taken lightly or, or to d done or done in a way that is, that's not meaningful. Yes, if you have that, then, then encourage man of God, woman of God. Yeah, W-O-G. Yes. So if somebody calls you and say, hello, W-O-G, don't say, don't call me out of my name. <laughs> so he who gives or she who gives, with liberality. So he says, if you have the, the gift of giving, then just give liberally. I think what Paul is saying here is that since you have that gift, God has, is going to bless you to give liberally, to give liberally. Sometimes we say, well, I can't, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't make sense to be giving things away, and they ought to work. But no, if you have the gift of giving, then keep giving. Come on, keep giving. Keep giving. And there's a... I think there's a stanza in a song that you can't beat God giving. No matter how you try. Come help me. The more you give, 
the more he'll give to you. Keep up. Keep on giving because it's really true. You can't be God-given. And so, let, let's look at this. So, whatever your gifts are, God has given them to you. He has gifted them to you, and you can't use them up. Oh, I, I don't have any more prophecies than me of giving them all up. No, you have them. So, listen, this is very important. This is very important that the body of Christ should know these things. We must know these things. So, keep giving. Keep being liberal. And he says, he who leads... Do it with diligence. Diligence. Wow. So if, you, if you're a leader, then be diligent about it. I mean, always be out front doing what you're supposed to do. This is what I believe. I believe that those of, of us who, uh, who God has call, whom God has called to be leaders, we should be very diligent about it and not sending, uh, quote, unquote, Judah first because, because the enemy's there. We want to go first. I want to go first. Uh, I, 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 I remember, I've I told you the story uh, before when uh, we had um, um, some police officers talking about, you know, uh, how to protect the church and how to protect the, the people uh, here. And they said, well, now, Pastor, when this happens, the first thing we're going to grab you and we'll take you. I said, oh, no, you won't do that. No, I said, we want you first because they gave all these plausible reasons. And I said, no, I can't do that. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I, if, if you're a leader, then you go first. You don't send to the army. You lead them. And so, and he, and he or she who, so, uh, who shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. So, you, you don't want to, you know, you're showing mercy. You're a merciful person. So, be, be cheerful about it. Don't be all sad sack about it. Be cheerful about, about showing mercy. Because when you show mercy, that means that you are putting up with things. You're going through things. Amen? Uh, let me talk a little bit about grace, and then I will, I will, uh, Sort of, yeah, I'll, I'll finish it soon. Huh? In Romans 1, 5, Paul talks about, says, through him, through Christ, we have received grace and apostleship. Grace and apostleship. So, we have this unmerited favor and we have apostleship in that God has sent us forth and he has graced us and equipped us. But, he, but what for? To be a leader, to be a big shot? He says, for obedience to the faith. Amen. For obedience to the faith. So, what God wants us to do is to be examples of his grace. Trophies, somebody said, of his grace. Look at Romans 15, uh, verses 15 and 16. He says, Paul talks here, uh, and he says, Nevertheless, brethren, I've written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. So Paul says, I was able to do this because of the unmerited favor given to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, the good news of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so what Paul shows us again is that the grace of God helps us to walk in obedience. Have you ever had a problem walking in obedience? I have. 
I have. I know most of you are saying, sitting on your hands. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But I have, at times, had a problem with obedience because of this thing here, this head. Because I thought, I know what's best for me when I didn't know what was best for me. Anything that you think is best for you that does not require obedience to God is not good at all. All right? But we still do that. So I've heard believers reasoning that, that you know, it doesn't take a, 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 a brain, that's a no-brainer, that you ought to preserve yourself and you ought to, no, you ought to obey. I want to say this again, and, and I don't say this because I think, um, I think uh, I, somehow I merit this, but I thought it was a good example. Um, recently, and I, I've mentioned it three or four times, when um, we were going to a, a particular foreign nation, I won't call it here, and uh, it's very dangerous there, and uh, you have to have, you need, you have, you have armed guards around you at all, the all time. And, and someone was comforting me by saying, uh, Pastor, you knew that God would bring you back because he sent you. I said, no, that's not why I went. And I want to just, uh, just drive that home. Sister Steph, you may come. Uh, I want to drive that home because I don't go because he's going to bring me back. I go because he sent. And, and, and that's what we must understand. Obedience to me for, with uh, God, obedience rather to God, is not transactional. Amen. It's not transactional. I'll obey you if you... No, I'm going to obey you because you're God. I'm going to obey you because you saved me. Okay. So Paul asks about, he says, where is boasting? He says, it is uh, excluded. That is in Romans 3.27. He said, by what law? By what law is it excluded? Of works? He says, no, but by the law of faith. So what God wants us to do is to walk in faith. Every day of your life, walk in faith. Walk in faith. You and I have been gifted with the, uh, by the grace of God. God has gifted us. He has given us amazing gifts. Each of us here, there's not a person who does not have a gift from the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, and enabled by the Holy Spirit. There's nobody here. You, you may say, well, Pastor, I don't know what my gift is. You can ask God. Sometimes the Lord will, will tell you what your gifts are when somebody has a gift of a word of knowledge. And, and they, they, there, are, there is such thing as a gift of the word of knowledge. People know things that they did not learn through study. The Holy Spirit just dropped it in there. And, and so we want these, these things to happen. We want them to, to be more fluid in the, in the church. Um, I'm going to go to my seat after this, this statement. Um, uh, I, I was talking Sunday about worship and about uh, God is bringing us into a new understanding of worship. And I made a comment that bothered me after I'd made the comment because I used it as a metaphor, a figurative language, uh, but I thought it could be taken wrongly. And that is, I said, you know, you, you, when God is doing something, God is moving, you worship the way God wants you to worship. And I said something like, you know, not with your hands in your pocket, but that's a metaphor for, for doing your own thing rather than what God wants at the moment. Because sometimes you, you could also say, well, you worship God, but you don't do it sitting on your seat, Pastor, like you do sometimes. 
but, but so that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that physical posture always is a determinant factor. Uh, sometimes uh, in the old days, I would lie down on the floor, prostrate. I would just lie down in front of, you know, when, when these, when there was no carpet here, it was just tennis court. I would just lie down on, on the floor. Many of us did that, you know, or sometimes I've seen young people just go and sit down in the presence of God. Some will kneel. So I'm not saying that there's, that, that it's a, okay, you can't uh, do like this because this may be a very comfortable place where God is really moving on you. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? So what we want to do is just a, a, a learn and walk in this new place that God has for us, okay? This place of worship where we understand that God is taking us to places where we've not gone before. All right? Thank you so much. Hallelujah.